Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. So you're looking to get separated, you're looking to divorce, but you have to untangle your finances. And I understand you're thinking, whoa, that's a big knot to untangle. Mm -hmm. In this episode, we're going to talk you through the overview of what happens. How does it get untangled? How do you untangle your house? your cash, your cars, your furniture, your super, your business, your trust. And we're going to go through the process so that you know where you're headed. And how to make it happen. And how to make it happen. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Today, Mum, we're going to do... We've talked about property many times and we've talked about percentages. And we're going to put the links in the show notes on how to calculate your percentages. But visually in your head, people will be like, I cannot understand what would happen with the house. Even though you say a percentage of the property pool, Mm. what happens to the house? What happens to the cars? So can you explain to us why that all needs to get done if you're getting separated and divorced? Okay. So there's a specific requirement under the Family Law Act, uh, Section 81, that says that the court has a duty to end the financial relationship between both of you parties to a relationship and so of course they've been doing this since 1975 and this is how they do it so we like you say we've talked about how to work out percentages contributions future needs etc this one is about the process because i think some people listening might think yeah but mine's so complicated we've been married for ages oh you know it how does that ever get worked out Mm. well so we're here to tell you what it kind of looks like yeah and and the reason we're doing this as well like psychologically yeah because we know there's some people out there that are just like it's too hard I'm putting it in the too hard basket. Mm. I'm either just going to stay in divorce limbo, which if that's you, listen to our divorce Mm. limbo episode, or they're not even going to leave because they can't see themselves ever having financial ownership over something. And and that see yourselves is the key. This will help you, whoever is listening to this that needs it, to visualise your future and Mm. to see what it will look like. And And to see how it can be done. Your goal, yes, because you do get free. Yeah. We do sort it out. And you mightn't have as much, but it will be yours. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this. Let's go with the big meaty one. So this is a mm. meaty episode, the house. Yeah, it's, okay. It's most people's biggest asset. Okay. So mm. what happens with the house in the property settlement? Okay. So you, you've got a house that's usually in joint names and it's got a mortgage, right? Yeah. So the first thing is to work out if one or other of you is going to be able to keep the house. Mm-hmm. Looking at your property split, can you afford to take over the house and can you refinance that mortgage into your name mm. and possibly have to borrow it a bit extra on the mortgage to pay out your ex. So we're not dealing in percentages today. We're just yeah. looking at the logistics. So if no one can afford to buy the house, neither you nor your partner, your ex-partner, um, then it will have to be sold. Now the court- Sorry, when you say can't afford to buy out the house, that means with your percentage. With of your the, percentage. Of the if it's pool. not enough to give you the house. Yeah. Um, the equity in the house and pay the other person. Yeah. So if the, I have to say, if if one of you wants the house and mm-hmm. has, has the will have enough in your share to buy the house, yeah. the court will support you in that. It, I've had matters where the other party says, I want it sold. That was our house. I want that house sold. But you've got someone who says, no, I want to stay in it. I've got the money to do it. The court will support the person who wants to stay for the simple reason is that that person will save the parties the cost of 
um, a real estate agent moving uh, and moving and all the other associated costs with of sale advertising How nice of the family court it's the nicest well, thing i've heard they do so far well they have a duty um, <laughs> to reduce the wastage of assets or to preserve the assets of the marriage as okay. part of this system so not really nice of them so much it's just there well it's i would have assumed they go no you have to sell it so that's good you don't have to sell it no. if one person wants it and they can afford and it, it. Yeah, that's right okay so if you sell the place of course um what happens is the person you sell it to pays you some money um some of that goes and pays the agent some of the money you get if you've got a mortgage would have been paid directly to your bank and paid out the mortgage and whatever's left is what's left. All right. So so say there's a joint mortgage yep. with your name and their name. Mm. There's like a weird mini settlement where they you you pay out the mortgage or their part of the mortgage and the bank oh, takes their no, name No, no. I'm talking about if the – no. So there's two components. Okay. If you sell it to a third-party stranger. Yes. Okay. You sell the house. They pay the money um, to your bank to release the mortgage so they can have the house without your mortgage. Yes. There, enough money is usually paid in the deposit to pay your real estate agents and what's left is usually to be shared between pool. you both. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now if you're having, if you're transferring the house to your name, you're right, it, to your name or the other person's name, it is kind of like a mini property settlement. Okay. So um, you will have a transfer of usually of one half to you. Mm-hmm. So you already own half if it's joint names. Yeah. Um, and one half will be transferred to you. So the document looks like a if you were selling to a third person, but it's selling from your partner to, to you. you, their half. Um, and then it is like a mini property settlement. The bank then looks at you, can they can you afford the mortgage a mortgage? And they will give you a whole new mortgage. Okay. And so pay it's not out the same one. Pay out the old joint mortgage. Yeah. And give you a whole new mortgage. And sometimes people borrow, or a lot of times, people borrow extra so they can pay their partner out. Right. So it's usually not an option if there's if the mortgage is pretty well close to the value of the house. But, you know, your, your lawyers will tell you. And so does the uh, lawyers walk people through that or can people do that themselves? Oh, you can't really do it. So, I mean, every state's different, mm. but it's a big risk. Yeah. Um, sometimes the banks will take control of a lot of the process. Okay. But there's, you know, you don't want to be paying stamp duty on this transfer, mm. which could be thousands of dollars, and you need to be able to show your court order or your your financial agreement consent order yet uh so under section 90 of the family law act you don't have to pay stamp duty so i would not risk it this is important Mm. um i think you need to go and see a conveyancer so basically if if neither of you can afford to keep it from your percentage of the property split Mm -hmm. you sell it you get the money back from whatever is left and you divide it in the percentages that are required if if one of you wants to keep it then you buy them out Yep, that's basically... You basically get rid of the old mortgage, that gets canned... It gets transferred to your mortgage name. Yep. gets put in place. And now, so the only sort of vexed question, if you're not selling the house, is what is the house valued at? What what price should you pay? Mm. You know, what price should you pay for your half? Mm. So the way that they work that out, like I say, if you're selling it, it doesn't matter. It's whatever someone's prepared to pay for it. Yeah. But if you're um, taking it over and refining some mortgage... And it's customary for someone to nominate three real estate agents or three valuers, and the other person chooses one of those, and that person, that valuer, 
works out what the real value of the property is. Okay. Um, sometimes a cheaper way of doing it is to get three real estate agents to give a little appraisal each, and they might charge you a little bit to do that, and then take the average of those. So add the three up, but Real divide estate by agents three. usually say they could get more for it, and other ones, not real estate agents, make it lower. Can I tell you a little secret? Please tell us a little secret on to the 100,000 people that listen to this. Don't tell anyone. But if my client is going to be buying the house, yes. I get a registered valuer. Okay, because it will be a lower price. Yes, usually. And if it's the other way around, you get real estate agents? I try to get real estate agents. Mother. <laughs> so anyone who's listening to the hundreds and thousands of people that listen, uh, yes, you can do that yep. if you need to. That's but, a little secret between you and us yes. and the Gold Coast. <clears throat> Generally. The Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Whoops. <laughs> No, it's early. It's, it's actually, Laura, you've got to learn better your old <laughs> idioms. It's you, me, and the gatepost. Oh, I thought it was the goalpost. <laughs> it's definitely not the Gold Coast. But no, it's, it's goal, neither of those. So it's a little story between you, me, and the gatepost. Okay. Because people used to tell stories over the back fence and there'd be a uh, gate. Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry, so, not the history right. lesson. Okay. So, so, but you know what? If you try the three agents stunt and they go, no, no, we want value as well, just give in you gracefully. Tried. Yeah. yeah, you tried. Okay, so that's the house. Mm. All right. Okay. Then, then what about any cash? So you that's might pretty have, easy. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you've got, so I know we said we've they've come up with the percentage. You've agreed mm. on that. So. When it comes to cash... It's not that percentage. It's not that percentage no. because it's the whole... It's probable. the whole thing. You add it all together, work out a percentage, and then say, okay, so here's an example. Say there's $100,000 mm-hmm. and you're going to get 60%. Yeah. And the other person's going to get 40%. Then you'd say, okay, of my how's my 60% going to be made up? So how's my 60 grand? Yeah, 60, $60,000. Yeah. Okay, well, I could afford to take over the house because the equity in the house is, you know, only 30000 30, or yeah. something. So um, I can have that as 30000 and then I've got another 30000 to. So, you you know, and I, I want um, my car that I'm going to keep might be this much yeah. and my um, furniture may be this. So and then you work out what you've got to cash you've got to pay the other person to make to it fair. even it up yeah. okay all right so when it comes to cash you divide it up based on whatever whatever it's not it's not what your percentage is you don't if you've got you know um 60 percent yeah and you've got you 200 000 in the bank cash. you don't no. get 120,000. no it all gets added together and then money changes from side to side depending on mm. who needs it and super changes from side to side. So think of it as two columns. Okay. I'm waving my hands around here. You are waving your hands around. All right, what about cars? How does that get untangled? Mm, generally, the cars kind of naturally sort themselves out because remember we talk about those micro steps the first morning, the first week. Generally, it sort of naturally settles. One of you's got the keys to one car that you drive and the other one's got the other usually. Mm. Um, and they get valued um, because you'll generally keep them up hardly ever seen an order that a car be sold okay um, unless it's like a mustang or something luxurious uh, like a vintage but yes yeah, so um you would just we we don't get value as much to do them anymore uh, a red book value no matter who i'm acting for i would we, do red book values. There's no sneaky tricks, <laughs> no sneaky tricks. <laughs> okay um i hope none of my colleagues are listening yeah <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so uh, go on to Redbook, have a rough idea. You can pay for a little valuation there. The courts are quite happy to accept those okay. these days. Yeah. Um, and also your exes, so you'll be able to produce that 
as evidence of the values. So is that you got to determine will that fit into your percentage of the property yeah. pool? Yeah. Yes. Um, or do you? Is it a deer car and you'd rather give him or her the deer car? Take something cheaper so you can keep the house. Or would you rather sell the car? Yeah. Give them a bit of the money to make up mm. their side of the property pool and get a cheaper car. Cheaper car. Yep. That's yeah. right. So okay. It's, it's that's how it does. And um, what about if they're in the same names? After you've you've got your property settlement oh, you've got to, and you've you've said you've got you, to transfer them, you get that car. I get this car. Yeah, so you transfer them into the uh, into your sole name, and under Section ninety of the Family Law Act, if you're doing it pursuant to a written property settlement agreement of some sort or order of some sort, there's no stamp duty. Yes. So sometimes people completely swap cars, like. Um, in in families, it's often the wife might register the car because the husband's away or working or something, or the the bloke might register the car because it might be um, just on his way to work or whatever. I yeah. don't know. And so often you find that the car that one party's driving and has been for the last few years is actually registered in the other person's so name. So you've got to go sort so that you, out. You sort that out, and so there's transfer documents, just like transferring it to a third party par- person. Yep. third party okay. okay so you swap them over if they've got finance attached to them you're going to have to refinance or pay out the loan or somehow because um because remembering the court's going to untangle the finances they're not going to want and neither would your ex want um to be still stuck on the loan for your car mm. you know so if you can't afford to pay out the loan like you said you may have to sell it pay out the loan and buy something more modest but yeah the aim is to get everyone's name off everyone else's debts yes Okay. Including Rego? Yeah, well, the name, transferring the name transfers the registration. Okay. okay, cool. But on a side note, while you're doing that, make sure you get your own um, account if there's any automatic tolls happening in your place. Oh, so good point. Yes, I knew someone it. who, for four years after they separated, would constantly get reminders that the toll hasn't been paid um, for their ex that they broke up with four years ago. Oh, no. And I just thought it was pretty funny that they just ignored it and just didn't do anything about it. I was like, do something about this. It's driving say, me insane. It's funny, but it's not that funny. No. <laughs> All right. So um, furniture, mum. Yep. Easy. Furniture fights. The courts don't do furniture fights. So furniture doesn't get included in the property pool. Well, it does. Normally, you just put it in an estimated two, three thousand dollars, four thousand. So I always say it's not the insurance value. Yeah. Okay. And the range of furniture. It's it's all what some bloke. Or some woman will pay buy it for a, yeah Facebook or secondhand shop. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sold it all to some secondhand dealer, what would they give you? And I always think of, in my mind, the person's always like a, a bloke with a wheeler dealer. Uh, yeah, wheeler dealer, and he goes, "I'll give you fifty bucks for your table, love." Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, you would be surprised how little money you get for secondhand furniture these days. You would be horrified. Days. In fact, there's even websites now where you can just get free secondhand furniture just because people just want to get rid of it. People leave it in the houses. So it's not worth the amount of money that you think it is. No. And and even although the court will attribute a value to it, and I yeah. say to my clients, look, there's sort of there's three sorts of furniture, and I don't use vintage antique or whatever. I've got sort of – you. St. Vincent's de Paul op shop sort of furniture, your basic Which basics. Which is some really good stuff Great in there. <laughs> stuff. I couldn't live without Facebook. Um, and then the second one is kind of your, I'm sorry for the people listening who bought it from elsewhere, these places, but your Amart furniture, everyone yeah. knows. It's kind of your entry-level furniture. Yeah. 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 And then the, the last one is your Harvey Norman. Sorry to be pumping 
Why is Harvey Norman? Their is... stuff is dear. Haven't oh, you mother, looked? no. Well, all right. All okay, same. so King's Furniture, those expensive just lounge Just really antique expensive. No, all, like 30 all grand fancy lounges. blank, or I don't know. Oh, my God. Possum, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't <laughs> know anything. you're a country girl. I'm but, a okay. country girl. But so the really, really expensive stuff that's worth the same amount of as a car. Yes. What are you saying? But, but again, only the secondhand But even then value. it's... That's right. People who buy that kind of furniture don't buy it secondhand, so you can't get rid of it. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And, and if they sell... Yeah, Trust me, I've tried. Okay, so furniture fight's just a nod on. Yeah. Um, so if you're really, really, really stuck, and you might be somewhere between the... I knew... Um, did a case with two people in the military... Mm. And, oh, my word, their documentation was so precise because they'd recently moved. It was all on a list and it was dimensions and everything. Um, But you might not, you might have videoed as you left or whatever. But what you do our last episode. If you listen to our last episode. um, Do two lists. One of you do two lists. This is how the court sorts it out. Mm -hmm. One of you does two lists of everything um, and tries to make those lists roughly equal. So, mm-hmm. I, like I said, microwave might be in one and the, I don't know, air fryer in another, the kettle in one, the toaster in another, if you're going to get down to those tin tacks. Mm. Um, and then once you've done your two lists, the other person gets to choose one. Okay. And so we're looking at a 50-50 split here of this stuff. Um, and the incentive for the person making the list is to make them even mm-hmm. because if they make one of them full of good stuff the other person's going to choose that one just like when i say to the kids you dish out the dessert but the other kid gets to choose which bowls theirs oh, that's a good idea well, it's the same thing yes you used right. to do that to us when we were kids so <laughs> you say you so you could say to your ex you write the list of furniture for two lists two equal lists but i'm I'll the one who gets one. to choose yeah okay so stuff like that just be creative and right. remember it's secondhand furniture yes um so don't remember how much you paid for your fancy lounge suite it's yeah. what you'd get for it secondhand okay all and right so replace it with secondhand and there's no skin off your nose yeah okay super yes super hurts super my brain yes so explain to us how super gets untangled okay and so how to make it happen you're invited to our free webinar whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on Reserve My Seat. Register now for our free webinar to help you make the best decision for your future. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. Super. Yes. Super hurts my brain yes so explain to us how super gets untangled okay and how to make it happen all righty so it's not easy it's it's straight it's not sorry it's easy but it's not straightforward um because the court had to deal with superannuation people differently because the family law act has the power to make orders about people party to a marriage or a de facto relationship so not but, about but not funds. about strangers, not about and can't direct Companies. the manager of uh, the trustee of a super fund to do anything. Right. So they would used to say orders to that upon the you know say the 
the wife being eligible for her superannuation, she will she will immediately upon receiving it give this much to her, you know to the oh, other person. Okay. Like and it was a lot. So you just have cases. to wait. You used to have to wait till someone until, was eligible. So yes. sixty years later. Oh, and and fifty years. Honestly, later. I remember one where in the old days I got a fax at four o'clock in the afternoon saying because we'd been waiting on this man's super. Our client resigned resigns today and at four, as of 4.30 this afternoon, I got it about 3.30 in the mm. afternoon, um, 4.30 this afternoon and he has changed his um, super to a pension. Mm. Which so you what, had to race I had to, to organise someone else to pick your kids up. So with this one now, that what they do is kind of either flag the super. So they've so changed the super, it. Yeah, so the trustees of the super fund have agreed to be party to these proceedings. Okay. As long as you jump through some little hoops. And, yes. And your lawyers will know how to do that. And what, do they just take super out of their super and put it in your super? It, they take it out of their super and create an account in your name. Right. With them. So if you're with, say, I don't know, now these guys don't exist anymore, so I'll use them as an example. So some super, for instance, you might, if you've got money in Sun Super, um, is it Sun Super that's I think Sun Super still exists. Uh, okay, let's just call it Golden Egg. Q so Super. Golden yeah. Egg. Okay, you whatever, got, Golden Egg Super, right. Yeah. They will create another Golden Egg account and reduce your partner's Golden Egg amount, balance, by the amount they put over into yours. So they're split it into two and thereafter... That superannuation is something you can Your contribute name, to, name completely, and and you don't have to w- rely on your ex being honourable. Yeah, and uh, you can use that super, and and then you can roll that into wherever you've got your other super, right. if you like, right. and it's then attached to your work life and your your contributions. Okay, so they split the super, mm. and then if if that's part of the property mm. settlement percentage, yeah, uh, split the super change it into your name and then you can roll it into your own super yeah. so you've got it all together so okay. there's it can't be split if it's under five thousand dollars but these days hardly anyone has that smaller super but you might have started with one job and stopped and started another you can't split that super. oh really so if yeah. they don't roll it all together then it's protected yes oh mama it's not splittable but they'll probably get more cash the other person will get more cash oh, instead. True, so true. you've got to work out what's more precious to you <laughs> super or cash and i find the older you get the more important super seems yes <laughs> yeah yes so okay. that's what they can do now and you don't have to wait and you have said in previous ones it's very unlikely that they'll agree to um, one party getting all the super and the other party getting all the, the cash. The court just won't. They won't um, do that. Hardly ever. Because it's got to be just and equitable from the court's point of view. And if some person, all they've got is great expectations of super when they're 65 or 70 down the track. or longer, yeah, and another person's got all the cash or they've got they've given all the super so they can keep the house, mm. but they're going to have conniptions when the washing machine breaks because they don't have any more money. Mm. And when they're old, they don't have any money. Um, so the court now... Now, because the superannuation funds in 2000, so it's 23 years ago, agreed to be part of these proceedings. Now they can give cash to both and super, super to both. Super. And, but it still doesn't isn't strictly divided on the percentages. There might be a little more super than a little. If someone's got a really high income, mm. they might try to give that person more super and less cash so the other person who might not have as high an income has more cash and then can borrow yeah. to buy something. So it's can all I ask that. a question? Yeah. Is there a super date? Like how old do you have to be to access your super? 
it's a sliding scale, I'm sorry to say. Oh. So um, for so there's years you can look it up on the internet. Okay. Um, but you'll be, because that you'll be, be 90, be... I reckon. Oh, no. <laughs> they keep changing the government. No, but if I think, it's 70 I think or it's 65, 70. Lis- listeners who are negotiating mm. and deciding how much they of their property split they want to have in super, they need to definitely have a look at when are they going to be able to access it? Are they going to be able to survive without yeah. it? So read your statement and it'll have what's called a preserved amount mm. and that preserved amount is the one you can't access until you reach a certain age. Right. And um, and as I said, it's changing, so I'm not eligible yet. Um, and if you were born five years after me, you'd have to wait something like seven well, years to get it. they keep extending it, do they? They keep extending it, oh, yeah, great. but they That's can't. fantastic. They, you'll get it after you're dead one yeah. day. Yay. Um, okay, but I, I, No, before we move on to that, I just want to mention self-managed super funds. Okay. I'm not going to go into them. I just want to mention them. Okay. <laughs> there are ways to split it, but it's a lot harder. Um, and You need um, to see a lawyer. You do need to see a lawyer and you need to see financial advisors. Okay. All right. Next one. I'm going to say the same with businesses and trusts. Businesses and trusts. It's too much for us here, but just enough for me to try and deal with in general advice only. But it's enough to know I haven't seen a business or a trust that can't be divided between the parties one way or another. Right. So whether it be by... um, You you just have to look for the tax consequences. So a lot of the comments we get on TikTok by these very cocky... Yeah. uh, I'm going to hide all my money people. Mm. They say, oh, they can't touch my money. It's in a trust. Good luck. So you're saying, and you've said before, yeah, good we luck. Have we don't ways. need that money. We have ways. We have ways. In the, the, the federal circuit, uh, um, in Australia, the court has a lot of um, experience in dismantling trust, looking behind a trust, seeing who's really got control of the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be someone completely different who's a trustee. Mm-hmm. But then when you have a look, your ex might be the person who's got the power to appoint a trustee. So right. they really look behind the whole thing. So, so Ascot Investments is our very famous case in Australia. So it can get unpicked or it can get included in the property pool and considered. Oh, well, definitely. Yes. yes. If you are, uh, sorry, it's very tricky, but if a person is just named as a beneficiary in a trust and may or may not get any money out of a discretionary trust, then that might be more of a financial resource. But Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and businesses, mum? Businesses are tricky. Um, first work out if you want it or if they want it. You know, yes. not sometimes. I mean, I've had a, a client years, many years ago. She took over a, a trucking business because she could and... The other person said it wasn't worth anything. And she goes, well, I'll have it. (laughs) And she did. Um, So first of all, ask yourself if it's something you want to keep and do or is it really something that's more the province of your ex? Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, look out for dodgy behaviour about its value because I've yet to see a business, an affidavit in a business where someone says, ever since the breakup, my business has gone from strength to strength. It's booming. It's, no, it's always ever since the breakup. I haven't been able to work. Businesses decline. And and sometimes that's true. Yes. And sometimes that's just not. So you need a good lawyer and you need to have a look at that. Okay. And businesses get valued. They and do. Then, and then so if so if the other 
person, your ex wants to keep the business, the value of the business is, is yep. the percentage. It's just part like of a, the percentage. They, that's right. and they, they get. Yep, and they have to pay you out for that share. That's all. It's part okay. of their percentage they get, just like a house. Right. And you also, if, just like a house, you have a valuer who come in and look at the business. Yes. Mm. A lot of people. Otherwise, it gets sold. A lot of people mention that they're part of the business they're like the director or the secretary mm, or yeah. the account like how do people get themselves out of it so if easy. they choose i don't want the business i don't want to mm. even be on the documents yep. get me off it it's easy enough. how do you untangle yeah. that so you can get them out as director you can resign as secretary you can um you know not uh, you can renounce your interest in a trust okay. all of those things but be very very careful go and get listeners. legal advice well and really financial advice because the tax consequences of winding any of these things up or transferring one to the other can be enormous like there might be loans loan accounts that mm. you say oh well, I'm not, not going to access that and then wham the tax department will have something to say so, so Go and, and get you won't know for a year or two advice. sometimes. So yeah. for goodness sakes, if you've got businesses or trust, don't even attempt to do that bit on your own. So it seems to me like you're sitting there and you go, great, we've agreed. I get 60% of the property pool. Then you look at the property pool and you go, okay, well, we've got this, 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 mm. this. And then it's basically divvying it up, breaking it up. Okay, you're going to have this yep. and I'm going to have that. So I put the amount at the top. I do two columns. Say, yes. each, say each person's got to get $50,000. Yeah. And they're going to keep a car worth five. Well, they've got another forty-five to get, and the other person's car's worth forty-five thousand. They've only got five to get. Yeah, you know. So yeah. it's it until it comes down to zero. So they can get five thousand of the cash, and then that's their that's percentage. Their, that's their lot. Yeah. Yes, and okay. then everything else. So basically, so you're nothing. doing a puzzle. Yeah, and you're fitting it into the right bits. But for goodness sakes, please don't settle on a percentage before, before. you've done your valuations, because. I've had people settle on percentages, and I've said this before. Yes. Very early, probably before they came and saw me, mm-hmm. um, and then the other person's got that number stuck in their head, and then um, it's of what? Oh, no, the business isn't worth that much. Oh, no, the, the um, furniture's worth yes. this, or, uh, you know, it's yeah. just, or your dress collection or your shoes. Mm. It's just because the it, whole game then is to, to change. Make the ledger. The, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And if they're only getting, like, 30% of the property pool. They don't care how cheap the house sells for. Yes. Because it's not going to be affected. So them. don't focus on what percentage you get until you know what your property pool is. Yeah, that's right. And you both agree on it. Yeah. Then you can decide on percentages. Then you can decide on yeah. who gets what and unpick it. Unpick it. So and it is unpickable. Everything It sounds unpickable. like a lot, but it is unpickable. Yeah, just do like it is like a big knot. And you just start from the outside and start, you know, if anyone's ever undone a knot of string mm, or mm. wool and just work your way through and it will get done. But do it carefully and for God's sake, don't forget tax. I don't think of it as, as a wool and string. I think it more of like an octopus stuck on your arm and you? you're just pulling off one suction cap at a time. No, because then they cling back on again. I know. See, well, look, maybe? it depends what type of relationship you're in. So let's talk yes. about that. Yes. Manipulative and controlling. That would uh, be the octopus that keeps putting the arm yes, back on. And really how do you make sure that once you untangle your finances, there's no possible way of it being retangled? Well, that's your lawyer's job. Right. What The biggest problem with manipulative and controlling people is you think you'll have agreed on a house price. Mm. And then, uh, you know, two months later they go, I don't think the house is worth that much and derails everything. So what you do, it's like a ratchet. You lock them in at each thing. Yeah. Once, once they agree um, to 
uh, valuer or real estate agents for the house. So you give them the options and they choose one. So once they agree, then you both agree, whatever they say, that's going to be the answer. Yep. When you get the answer, kind of lock it in. Yep. Confirm that's the price. And, and it, no we've changing. got documentary evidence and there's no changing. Same with the cars, get their buy-in. And as they buy into each part, Rule that off and don't enter into any more discussions yeah. about those things because otherwise manipulative controlling will go, I'm not accepting my my car's worth this. I'm letting you have the house at a lower value than it really is. And they start to bring up old arguments. Go back so just to lock it all again. in. Yeah. I think another thing you've mentioned before with manipulative and controlling is don't agree to anything where they'll slowly give you money over the next 10 no. years or no. that you, you open a trust together that you both no. negotiate, like for the children. So, uh, or so feel sorry for them and, and yeah, yeah, let so them any, pay you out gradually. Anything that's in that you are signing an order to with, with your X, if they're manipulative and controlling, if there's anything in there that means you still have to continue working together or relying on them for anything is a I, bad idea. Yeah, and General again, advice only. But, yeah, but truly, the court's duty under Section 81 is to end the financial relationship between you both. So yeah. if you do something like that and try and get a consent order made, I don't think the, the registrar would make it, but people do enter financial agreements like okay. that. Okay, yeah. So be careful. You don't want to get mm. stuck stuck with mm. them forever. Yeah dealing with them forever yeah. okay so that what about amicable mum when it comes yeah. to untangling oh, finances great. any, any yeah. issues um look any sometimes lookouts? sometimes with um the houses people can just look up uh, the house up the road sold for this the house down the corner sold for that uh, we reckon our house is about worth this and you can both agree on all the values and then you save yourself a lot of money a lot of money and a however lot of you don't want to be, think it's amicable they're saying it's worth that but they're actually just well if they've you. already agreed okay and then they try to go back and argue it you can raise that in court okay about their like not acting in good faith perhaps all right high conflict when it comes to this untangling process straight to values for everything and then um, speak your truth if they can't afford the house but they don't want you to have it and that's often happens um just get to find the cases and send it to them and and get your finance organized and so that you're going to take the property on because okay. they'll probably want to argue every point yes uh, with the furniture particularly high conflict so little sausages with with furniture little sausages yeah so get them to make the lists okay all right. Uh, and they'll probably stack one side with stuff you don't want <laughs> or you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yay. Okay. And then what about avoidant when it comes to I reckon this would be a nightmare with avoidant. Yeah. But everything can be ha- can happen because okay. the judge, the court has the power to make all of these orders and including an order that if someone won't sign a document that's needed, say they won't sign the transfer documents for the house or the document to release the mortgage mm. or any of those documents, to superannuation split or whatever, um, the court can include an order that the registrar of the court, um, currently it's 106 capital A of the Family Law Act, they can sign in their stead. Okay. And so so it's important to remember, um, Laura, that there's nothing that hasn't been tried before. I know you say that. I'm sure you're just jinxing yourself there. Well, no, I'm still... But, but, yes, so the courts see this I, stuff I'm, all the time. Yeah, I'm... Fairly comfortable yeah. that there'll be nothing presented that hasn't been dealt with in a myriad of ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess, again, with dates, 
be really, if you are coming to this agreement, you're mm. saying, all right, we're going to untangle the house mortgage. We're going to do this car thing. We're going to swap this over. Mm. We're going to do it by this date. Yes. And, and, and um, otherwise it's very ambiguous. And if yeah, they no. are avoidant, they'll go, well, yeah. I said I'd do it. I'm just not doing it this month. Yeah. But the same with valuations. You need to set out. So your new pre-action procedures, you write to them and say, we, I propose a mediator or here's a panel of three, choose one. And I propose this person or these things value the house. These are the red book values of the cars attached. And just set a program. Within two weeks, we'll do this. But if you've got someone um, who's likely to drag out, don't say, we'll do this in two weeks. Say, by 4 p.m. Yes. on this on the 2nd of March or whatever it is, this will be done. And, yes. And so you have to have an d- absolute date and then an or else. Yes. So you have a default position. So if for an avoidant, you say, if it's not done or even high conflict by 4 p.m. on the 2nd of March, for instance, uh, then the um, you then the the default person to value is this right or or the you know the wife or husband gets to choose well i will choose i'd put the, a default yeah I'd, default. I'd put a default okay and say that you know if you haven't we haven't heard by then um, we'll assume you agree with such and such being the valuer mm. and just sort of hedge them in like that mm. and i just want to say to everybody i know that it seems like a lot mm. but it is it is doable. Yep. It happens every day. People do it all the time. Yep. Mum does it, used to do it, still does it all the time for, living, for everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's not anything new. Banks have dealt with it before. Absolutely. You know, um, car places, mortgages, you name yep. it. They all know it's super. They do it all the time. So yep. it's not, you're not the first person going through it and they'll have experienced it before. You might be the last. And I think if you've got lots and lots and lots of assets, like millions and millions, it's not that much harder mm. than, than what that we would call the house and garden mm. split up. Yeah. You know, and don't forget if you're renting, there's still superannuation. That's a valuable thing. Even though it's a long time in the future, future you will yes. thank you for some if you super. do the, the superannuation. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that overview on untangling your finances and how to make it happen, Mum. You're welcome. I just realised we'd never really talked about it, had we? No. But if you are interested in the actual figuring out of who gets what, the contributions, the percentage, sorting that out, I'll put the episodes in the show notes so mm-hmm. you can go back and listen to those. Um, and or you also, can do our course. Or you can do our course and we can talk you through it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Mum, for your time. And You're most welcome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.